Hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. Austin Nasso here. You're listening to episode 21. Uh, this past week, I had the opportunity to interview Andrew Rivers, and he is a nationally and internationally touring comic. He has a lot of stand up clips online with millions of views. So we dive into that. We also talk about four walling shows and how to promote super effectively and uh, doing comedy and also having a life. This is just a super packed, insightful interview, and I learned a lot, and I know you guys are going to get a lot out of it, so I hope you enjoyed this. Clap. Sync it up. Clap. <laughs> We're synced. All synced. Yeah. So, hey guys, welcome back to Working Comic Podcast. I'm here with Andrew Rivers, who has toured across North America and Europe with Steve Hofstetter, has appeared on NBC and Fox, Truth or Drink, and Seattle Morning Show BJ and Miggs, and you also released your first comedy special, Laffy Taffy. Yeah. Through drybarcomedy.com. Drybarcomedy.com. Nice, man. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Hey, any excuse to visit a stranger's apartment. Yeah, that's what comedians <laughs> do. Absolutely. So you, we almost didn't meet because you thought I was in Tacoma. Yeah, so. that <laughs> happens. I'm not a great, as many many artists probably i'm not a great organizational kind of person so uh my manager's just sending me no i'm just kidding <laughs> so uh no i just i for some reason you have like eight conversations going and you're like yeah. you kind of combine facts and you're like this guy's in tacoma and so uh i messed up but we, I made it we, right. we made we, it work. We made it We're work. here. We are yeah. in my like ninety degree apartment right now. It's not that bad actually. Really? It's okay. I feel like I'm dying. Oh, but you got more mass than me. Huh? Maybe that's it. <laughs> maybe that's the mass. The mass. It's just bro, so swole, bro. See, my body temperature is like super high, <laughs> like all the time. <laughs> that's the thing about me. Um. So, dude, yeah, your life is so cool. I, I mean, I was just. I found you because you were on Dry Bar Comedy, yeah, yeah. and your videos were just all going viral. Yeah, and I just thought that was so cool because that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's not like usually on Facebook the videos you see go viral are like prank videos sure. and like yeah. crappy, right. like magic trick, just stupid stuff. Yeah. But it's really refreshing to see like good comedy go viral. I think so. Yeah, I'm excited about it. This what the Dry Bar people have done is. Uh, because what can go viral is clean content because that way, even though some of my stuff is like ruffled a few feathers, um, it's still getting shared enough. But if it was like filthy, you know, even if it was the best joke ever, someone probably isn't, it's not going to get that many views, I think. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure, like, Stan Hope has no problem getting a million views or whatever. But, yeah. Uh, but he's already got sort of his clan. But for comics that are, like me, sort of up and coming, that that million views is going to change my career. And it already has in just, you know, a couple months. So that's what's great is so now it's allowing for more people to be discovered and to to sort of have power to... Without without having to get on like a Conan or a Tonight Show, now people can find me, and that's awesome. That's, that's so cool. I mean, to it, share your art with everybody. Yeah, it's like the whole like Chance the Rapper thing of like releasing your thing on SoundCloud, right? Versus like having to go through industry, right? There's no gatekeeper to posting online, right? 
So that's just really cool. And that's great. And so now they come to my fan page, and I just post whatever videos that I would post on YouTube also. And they get way more views on there also, you know. So that's – even before I posted um, – even before my special came out and I didn't have a fan page, like I posted some video of a of a heckler or whatever and, and that got like two thousand views and I was like, Whoa, two thousand views. This Facebook thing is is changing, you know. Yeah. And uh and that's when I realized like cause I was trying to get people to come to my YouTube channel. Because I kept being like, I, would, I was doing these web shows on YouTube and I was doing stuff for YouTube because that's where you put videos. But then it was like silly because it was like, if you post a YouTube link on Facebook, Facebook sort yeah, of neuters it. Yeah, totally it gets rid of because it. Because they're competing. It it. Facebook's yeah. like, we don't want it. people to go to YouTube. We'll stay on Facebook. And so then I thought, well, why does it matter where they see the video? The YouTube ad money is not good. Like every thousand views, they give you a dollar or whatever. So, yeah, it's cr- even if yeah. you have millions of views, you're not so making like, that much. So like, so fine. I'll just post my videos on. Fi- I'll post it where people can see it. Yeah. And that's that is what makes the most sense. Everyone's on Facebook. Don't post your videos to MySpace. No one goes there. Yeah. And if they do, that's great. But also post them to Facebook and YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and where everywhere people are, post to something. So, what kind of like uh, opportunities did you get from those viral stand-up videos? Um, then millions of views, right? Yeah, like yeah, several couple millions. million views on each one, which is great. Um, the biggest thing is uh, just a whole new uh, network of people have found me. Um, it was crazy. It's even doing comedy for five years in Seattle, and we've never met, which yeah. is kind of crazy. Well, actually, no, I've been doing it. In Seattle for okay. one year. Oh, only for a I've year? I've been doing it for five years. Okay. But I was in L.A. for four years. I see. So, yeah. So, well, th- I mean, this is the thing is I'm not at the open mic every night anymore. I'm not, you know, uh, not that I'm not hustling. It's just I prioritize my time differently now. I, I mean, I, um, but what I, the thing that's happened is all sorts of new people have found me that probably wouldn't have found me. And they want to hire me. I'm this guy in like Cincinnati is hitting me up. He's doing like he runs a charity that's like something about veterans or whatever. And he was like, "How much money would it take for you to come do a show for a nonprofit organization?" And I'm like, "It's in Cincinnati." I'm like, "If you just buy me a flight and a hotel and like a rental car, like I'll do the show for like five hundred dollars or whatever." Like, that's kind of cheap. But I don't need a ton of profit if it's going to a, a, a organization that helps people. If it's a charity show, I'm not going to charge it, like, a grand or whatever. Yeah. And so he's like, cool, I'll sign in the, send the contract. And I'm like, okay, cool, you know. The other thing is that it's, you know, it's really, my friend described it as, like, a fancy business card. So I just, like, send the special to everybody. I'm like, here, check this out. Watch this, whatever. Because when people follow you on Instagram or, like, Facebook, they, you know, they may have seen a show or, like, a clip or something. But, or they just, like, think you have hot photos. I don't know what people do on Instagram. I'm so bad at yeah. <laughs> all this stuff. But, 
But I just send them the whole special. I go, just watch this. And then I think they'll be like a... F- then they're like, oh. The difference is like people being excited for like when I'm performing near them. Oh, when are you coming to this town? Oh, you know. And the other thing is too is I can take those videos and make Facebook ads and say I'm coming to this town and then people are like, awesome, you know. Instead of just a post, like a text, a, like a text message to Facebook, basically. Yeah. And then Facebook decides how many people see it. And I'm like, tag any friends you know in the area, I guess. Yeah, so the video is just like a little bit more. So it's just more. It's a sample and it's a, it's a fancier business card to send to people to post that you're in a town or, um, or whatever. There's all these Facebook groups. This is a new thing that I've sort of been taking advantage of. In, I think, the Spokane area, there's one called Man the Fuck Up or whatever. And it's silly. It's a bunch of, you know, douchebags that are like, they're into guns or whatever. They're into all that stuff. But there's like 50,000 members, and most of them live in a certain kind of part of the U.S. Yeah. So if you just post your video in there and go, hey, I'm doing a show near all of you. Here's a discount. Here's a clip. And here's a coupon code. And people are like, yeah, that's awesome. So what we made my buddies start doing these tours where we're like, you know, we don't have, you know, let's be realistic too. Like a, a, a view on Facebook is 10 seconds. That's what they count yeah. as a view. So someone can watch 15 seconds, go, no thanks, and just turn it off. And Facebook's like, that counts as a view. Yeah. So what is the realistic number of people that saw it, liked it, wanted to follow me, you know? I don't know. 7,000, right? I mean, that's how many likes my fan page has. I don't know that that's a... You know. So I I don't have a big enough, like, um, fan base that's like, I can just do whatever I want. Like, it takes a lot of work, but most cities I go to, someone will... You know, yeah, you'll have like someone there. Show. Not a lot, but at this point, so we went to Portland, and that was like we went to Boise and Portland, and those are the two cities we we've done these door deal things so far, and we we filled them both out. How big is the venue? There, uh, Boise was like a hundred and thirty seats or whatever, and that was full. Some of it was papered, which is just free tickets, and then Portland, we just did, I think only like. Less than ten free tickets, and there was a hun- there was like uh, almost a hundred people there. Oh and wow! So that that's great. So that's that's where, great. And then and then because we get a hundred percent of the door tickets, like that's amazing. That's all we needed is to yeah. Just, that's like good profit. It's fine. So like, and I don't need to make money on the road. Like I make money in Seattle. That's where I profit. Um, but now if I can learn how to do this effectively, you know, so it's, it's like we were talking about earlier. It's like, okay, you're funny. Now what, what else? Like, what else do you bring? Can you sell tickets? Can you, are you going to hustle? You know, me and my friend were talking about this earlier. He just did a Conan spot, which is great for him. And we are kind of contemplating the future of comedy where like clubs aren't, a lot of clubs are in trouble because you used to just set up a comedy club and people were like, 
I guess if we want to see comedy, we just go to the comedy club. But now, they can look up who's coming. They can decide, I don't know if I really like this comedian that's going to be there. Or, like, they have a million entertainment options. They have Netflix that they already pay 10 bucks a month for. And they just have to turn it on, and then they can see comedy there. That's so they true. have Facebook. They have comedy there. So people are just able to do... You have to fight harder for people's attention. The good news is that how to get people's attention is pretty easy. You know, a Facebook ad or, or whatever. There's just more, there's more ways to make content to get it to people, but it's just you have to actually do that stuff to get it. I was com- talking to a club owner recently, and he was, like, complaining, and he, oh, yeah, summers kill us. It's always empty in this fucking town. No one comes to this club or whatever. Sounds and, like uh, laughs. Yeah, I was, was going to almost say, like, it wasn't this club, but <laughs> uh, but this is what you'll hear from every club. And then I, like, looked on the guy's, like, the, the club's Facebook page, and they hadn't made a post in a year. And I was like, your Instagram hasn't been updated since 2016. Like, I mean, you can, you can make it less hard on yourself. Yeah. Oh, what, what big, what kind of a difference does it matter? Uh, I should, should I be posting on Instagram every single day? Is that gonna? Yes, every day. If people are following your comedy club on Instagram, they already, they want to, they want updates. That's why they click follow. You're not annoying them by posting. They clicked follow. They can unfollow at any time. This is one of the things Gary Vee is talking about. It's like, you know, the algorithm will determine who sees it. You just post and let everything else figure it out. You know what I mean? Well, if I trick the algorithm. Like, I used to be like, I just post on, get one Facebook joke a day. And then I'm like, who cares? I'll just think of eight a day and post them all on that same day. And then maybe the next week I'll be quiet instead of saving them. Whoa, got to keep them busy. Do you ever post your own videos on your channel? Yeah. And do you like try to like keyword optimize and do all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm doing everything I can. I mean, that's my thing is like I'll outwork most people um, because I, I, I want to. What up? roommate just came home the roommate has arrived um yeah so you i mean that's what i'm saying like making fun of the comedy club that hasn't posted on facebook since 2016 and and am i gonna not do keywords on my videos because it takes another 10 seconds like no it's fine yeah it's part of posting a video is just that's why I was like, that's the annoying stuff. I'm like, can I just hire a kid to do this stuff? I know, for me? I feel the same way. Yeah. Like, so you draining. just do, like, I would have a podcast if I didn't have to edit it 800 and hate it, the sound of my voice for an hour every, every I found day. a good process yeah. for editing it where it doesn't take a lot of time. Where you can, um, in audition, you can uh, put it to 50% and just listen to it on 2x. And then if you notice something you need to edit out, just edit it out. Oh, great. And then I just have like automatic outro yeah. and uh, I have like a one little transition sound yeah. and that's it and it takes like maybe an hour max. That's awesome. So that's that's the that's the stuff that I'm just like because the stuff that I can do on my own is great. But if I ha- and if I have someone helping me 
that because there's only so many hours in the day I want to spend working. Like I have to be a, I have to go hang with my friends. I have to live a life because then I have nothing to fucking talk about. On yeah, stage. exactly. Um, I want to just sit, I want to sit around and do nothing some days. I want to just relax and get my, you know, my mental health in in a in a good space. You know, because then, like, I don't know if you've had this, but like, uh, one time like I was like seeing this girl and like. I was driving to a show, and the whole drive, I'm, like, texting in, in an argument with her. And then they, like, like, break up, and then I get to the show, and she calls me, and she's like, can we, like, talk about stuff? I'm like, I have to go on stage in 20 minutes. Like, just, I gotta get into a spot where I have to entertain people, and I'm feeling like shit right now. And she's like, oh, I sorry i guess i did we just didn't plan this timing well and i'm like yeah like you don't think about because people think about comedians like oh what do you fucking sit around jerk off all day wander on stage and then you're like what's up everybody and everyone's like this guy's hilarious <laughs> yeah no there's a lot of preparation that goes into each yeah you have to be in a good be. mental state you know it's I mean? very hard to you do have to it. get in a mental state you have to prepare your set what kind of things am i going to talk about uh this one transition wasn't working last show let me fix that. Uh, do I have any ideas for this joke? This ending isn't really well, you know. Oh, maybe if I switch the order of these things, and this will lead into that. Like, the, it's a con- I just call it the hamster wheel. Like, there's shit always going on. In You know, it's the background attack. The beach ball is spinning. Yeah. But, but meanwhile, I'm trying to, like, live my life. And if my girlfriend's yelling at me the whole time, I'm going to be like, look, I know you don't think I do anything, but, like, this has an effect when you yell at me and then I have to go talk to people and pretend that I'm happy and everything's wonderful. And uh, so sometimes like, I'll have a show where I just spend the first five minutes like yelling at the audience because I'm just like in a bad mood. Yeah. And like, if they don't, if they're not feeling that, then, uh, then it gets worse and then you just go, oh, fuck all of you. And you know. But yeah. Usually I can dig myself. Usually I've been able to kind of just... Yeah, at least this is the show. This is work. I got to get paid. Block out all that. But it is nice to have 20 minutes to just kind of sit and, like, just let me look over a note. Sometimes, like, I'll get to a venue now. <laughs> this happens, like, uh, and I'll, I'll show up, and then I'll, I'll realize, like, oh, I haven't even thought about comedy in, like, five days. So say wow. like say like su- my last show is like Sunday or whatever, and then I'll like fly home for like th- for example this week, I get home, you know Sunday night after a weekend of shows. Great. Monday doing you know all week I'm doing different stuff, and then I have a show tomorrow, and I'm gonna I know I'm gonna get there and I'm gonna be like, oh I haven't even really thought about comedy in a couple. Like, not in, like, I haven't thought about my set in a couple days. Oh, yeah. And I'll just be like, how does this joke go again? You know what I mean? And like, once I get on back. stage, it'll be fine. But but I just need, like, I always bring headphones with me yeah. to, just so that I can, people make fun of me because I'm, like, in the green room just, like, getting my Eminem thing on. Like, <laughs> I do lose the same yourself thing. in the moment. You know? But I just want to, like, That's I just so want to get into a, a little bit of a zone and be like, all right. Get, you get ready for work, you know. What are some things that you do before you go on stage? 
Uh, I'll pee like seven times probably. I'm a, like a nervous peer, so I'll run out. I'll I'll drink lots of water and then I'll go pee eight times, and then um, uh, depending on the show, I'll have like a pep talk with myself. This is some a uh, a guy Jimmy Burns always told me when I was just starting out where. I mean, they always say, like, if you're not nervous, then quit because you don't care. And I'm like, well, there's shows when I'm not nervous. I'm still wor- I'm still anxious. I'm like, oh, I get that tingly feeling. But I'm not like, oh, my God, I hope they like jokes. You know, like, yeah. that happens still plenty of times, but it's, it's a different thing now. But, like, my friend always said, like, if you're ever nervous or you're like, I don't know if I want to go on stage right now. Like, well, you don't have to. You made this choice. Yeah. You can leave and no one will miss you, you know, which is silly, but it's sort of a way to sort of hype yourself up. Have your, you know, when you have that moment of like, oh, oh I hope this go. Hey, you chose this. Yeah. You can go home at any point. And then you go, ah, stop being a little bitch. And then you just yeah get on stage. So that happens every once in a while where I got to. Well, I was in Baltimore, and it was, like, a first time at this club. You know, I'm like, ah, never been here before. Maybe they don't like jokes here. <laughs> Maybe they don't like right? jokes. Right? It was just silly. Like, I mean, I work everywhere. I've been to Europe. I've, t- I've done everything. I've done cruise ships. I've done state fairs. I've done whatever. Yeah. And it goes fine, usually. If yeah. they're there for jokes. And even when it goes poorly, it's still not that bad. Like, my friend always, uh, Jesse Case, very funny lives in Nashville right now. Uh, he always had a thing where he'd be like, you know, the plane is going down, but we're all going to live. Yeah, like, exactly. I'm, and you're just better at crashing the show. Like, the show's fine. It's bad, but we're all going to live. Like, yeah. We're going to Captain, Sully, Captain Sullyberger this shit. You know, a few broken legs and some scrapes, but we're all going to live. Exactly. And that's the thing. Like, my bad shows, I get off stage going, ah, oh, and then people were like, that was hilarious, man. That was great. And I'm like, oh, man, I don't know what you were watching. <laughs> but my standard is different from the audience's standard from – and maybe some people leaving the show are like, man, that was awful. I don't know. Um, before I go up on stage, I'll usually like – I'll like try to meditate for like a little bit mm-hmm. and just like be totally focused. Otherwise, yeah. I'll be really in my head. Yeah. And I also do that Eminem thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or I'll listen to I think that. we all get a little bit of like whatever, you know, just yeah. get a little bit of this like. And everyone thinks I'm nerd. Everyone's like, "Oh, dude, relax, calm down." But like, because sometimes I'll do like a little improv right. warm ups kind of thing, yeah. like shake it out. Yeah. And like people are like, "Hey, man, relax." But it's like I just like to do that. Hey, it's just before like, I get like up. look, what you know, I got my thing. Yeah. It's such a weird. I relate like the best Louis C.K. thing to me. It's, where, like, I mean, his jokes were always great, but, like, he'd be like, what's up, faggot? I don't know how to start shows. I don't know. How do I just start talking to people? This is weird. <laughs> and I feel that energy every single show almost. Like, isn't it weird that they're just like, okay, now amuse me. Yeah. Like, arms crossed, and they're like, go ahead. Yeah. And you're like, I just start talking, I guess. Uh, yeah. Okay, so my wife's a bitch and uh, whatever. Yeah. Know? Like, it's so weird to me. Um, and yet every show you're like, I'll just start talking. You guys just, it is always kind of an awkward thing. It's very weird to just walk up and be, 
I, I don't know. I haven't figured out my... Like what the you opening said? of the show is always the most awkward for me. Really? You, you don't know what to say? Are you like know, in your head yeah. about it? I don't know. And I always hate my first joke. I always try to do like a simple, stupid, easy What do you joke. say when you go out? I actually never really found that that awkward. Yeah. You go out on stage. I just go like, hey, how's it going? Or yeah. Just like, hey guys, like, how's cool. it going? And then you're like, cool, cool, I'll just start telling jokes. Sometimes I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I, I call them out. I go, you guys seem nervous. Yeah, even though it's what I'm feeling, I'm like projecting it onto them. Yeah, because they do feel nervous for it. They're like, oh, they, this they is could good. see you're nervous. Yeah. Their, but they go like, oh boy, we don't know. That first guy wasn't good or whatever. Yeah, Let's I know. People are nervous thing. about comedy because they like they want you to do well. Yeah. Otherwise, they're, un- they're very uncomfortable. They're cheering for you. Yeah. So it's always funny. Like sometimes I'll be like, hey, you guys seem nervous. Don't worry about it. You're in good hands. <laughs> I have like a fake. I just think this is. A part of my voice is like a fake arrogant like where it's like a parody of someone that is way more arrogant yeah confident but what a part that? of me deep down like i go like i am fucking really good at this like sometimes i'll be like uh i have like an improv line that i throw out once in a while where i go you guys don't deserve me like after if a joke's just like killing or something yeah i'll just start laughing and i'll be like, you guys you do not deserve me right now. I'm really good at this, you know, or whatever. That's funny. And uh, and it's mostly a joke, but there's 10% of me that's like, I mean, s- some truth to this. Yeah, you know? that's great. And that's what I think the best jokes are like, you know, wh- I was thinking about this the other day. I might have just been stoned. I don't know if it makes sense, but I was thinking like a wink is funnier than like a shout. So like the subtle comedy is always funnier yeah. to me the, the likes like things are funny just general but then there's a deeper level to it i think that maybe 10 to 15 percent of the audience actually gets that it's like a joke yeah like obviously not that arrogant but they get that they're like hey he's joking and it's kind of true and he's funny he's yeah a little silly and some people are just laughing because they're like, it's silly. And then there's people, you know. So the majority of people just go, oh, he's just being so silly. And then there's a 10 to 15% of people that are like, eh, then he feels that way deep down inside a little bit. And they probably yeah. like think of that, you know. that. And then there's 10% of people that go the other way that are like, ah, but he feels that way in real life. What a, what a fucking douche. And they don't get the wink. Yeah. They don't, they don't get the, eh, I'm, I'm just being an idiot. Fine. Yeah. So, so yeah. Wait, can we go back a little Absolutely. bit to the um dry bar stuff? Yeah. Um I'm just curious, how did you get involved with them? How did you You know it's funny, they offered it to me uh the the guy who runs it runs a comedy club in Utah called Wise Guys Comedy Clubs and they have like three comedy clubs and they're great. And um I don't know how he started it. I wanted to talk to him more about it because I was like, you're a genius for is doing this. Is this Dave's friend? Yeah. Keith oh, Stubbs. that is. Yeah. Okay. So he's friends with Dave. Dave, yeah. Dave is uh, the owner at Dave last, who I yeah. interviewed also. So Dave's friend Keith Stubbs runs those clubs and I guess decided to do, I don't know how he came up with the idea, but so he hit me up in like season one. Well, a friend of mine, Dwight Slade, filmed his. And he messaged me. He goes, hey, you got to get with these dry bar people. They're 
filming these kick-ass comedy specials and they're great. So and he I films like, entire specials. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, cool. And so I hit up Keith, and he, I think, scared me a little bit because he, he, and I think that's his job is to scare people from accepting this because if it goes poorly, you know, it could ruin the whole thing. But he was like, eh, you got to be really clean, like cleanest set you've ever done in your life. Really? And he's like, you can't talk about premarital sex, you can't talk about drugs, and I was like, what? Oh, okay. That kind of clean? I yeah. thought it was just like curse no, words. No, no. I mean, because Cause it's, it's a, Mormon clean. Like, on oh, my special, like, they flagged me for saying the word screw. Where I'm like, ah, screw that. Which was my cleaner version of, like, fuck that, or whatever, you know. But because I said screw that, they're like, oh, this is a check mark against you, or whatever. So it's like a Mormon comedy club. Yeah, yeah. So... And I've performed there and been dirty before at the clubs, but this whole special is, like, very clean comedy. So, I turned it down. I was like, I don't I don't think I can do that. I don't know. And then a friend of mine did it. Billy Anderson did it. And he's funny. He's newer at comedy than me, I guess, in, in the sense of, like, he's been doing it less time. And uh, I'm maybe at a different point in my career, but he's producing his shows, just kicking ass, not to take anything away from him. I saw he did it, and I was like, you let me know how that goes. Because I go, and, not, and it sounds like I'm putting Billy down, but I just mean like, I was like, if he can do it, then I can do it. Like, we're similar skill level, I think. Content-wise, there's nothing that he can pull off that I can't. And he was nervous about it the whole time. He was like, I don't know if I'm going to... This is a big risk for me. If I fail miserably, it's going to look bad, but whatever. And, I, and and then he did it, and he was like, oh, it's really good. The crowds are good, and uh, it's a good show. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, so then I emailed Keith again. I hey, I think I'm ready to film another one. I'd love to do it. And he gave me a list of dates to film it to choose from and i'm like give me the last one <laughs> because that'll give me the most prep time yeah of course i was going to europe over the summer and i was like i'm not gonna be like trying a bunch of weird shit in europe because uh, i don't even know if these people are gonna speak english at these shows or whatever you know yeah and uh and that was a whole new experience to me too so i was trying to be like well i'll get back from europe i'll have a whole month or two months, basically, to get ready for this dry bar filming. So I'll be, like, super clean as much as I can for this whole month and prepare for it and uh, get my jokes into into shape. And then almost like an athlete, like, where you're, like, got to train for this upcoming season. Yeah. And so I was, like, hitting mics every night, getting ready, doing jokes, testing different clean versions, different clean punchlines, whatever. And then uh, by the time the filming rolled around, like, honestly, I didn't know that they would get millions of views. So, like, I didn't know. um, I didn't know it was going to be this big. I didn't know it would have this much. I thought, like, oh, cool, I'll get a fancy tape and uh, a couple people will see it. Yeah. Great. Cool. I didn't know it was going to get a million that's you know, crazy. I'm at like five million views now across the three videos. Like wow. that's awesome. 
So I I don't know. I'm an idiot. I didn't know it was gonna be this big of a deal. I probably would have been more nervous for the show if I knew like a million people would see it. But I was just like, oh, but cool. What probably if- a million people wouldn't see it if it wasn't good. Maybe. I mean, who knows? They wouldn't share it. So, yeah. So I just, but I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know it was gonna be a big deal. And then, and then the special came out, and I was like, cool. And then the YouTube clips got like fifty thousand views, and I'm like, oh, awesome. That's great. And I just left a comment under every video, like, hey, look at this dork. I would subscribe to his YouTube channel, and then people find your YouTube channel from the comment, and then they subscribe to you. And then the Facebook ones came out, and that changed everything. Because then, like, my Idaho video got, like, you know, 500,000 views in a couple, like, a week. And then you're like, oh, wow, that's a lot. That's so cool. And then I was like, I was like, I'll comment on every single person and all that shares it. You know, I'll leave it, you know. I want to do my best to capture these people, so... So, yeah, I've known Keith. Whoops. I fucked up. It's fine. That's fine. Leave it. Pop filter. It doesn't matter. Um, So, I've known Keith for a while and worked for him a bunch. So, that's how that relationship got started. That's so cool. Um, What kind of production value do they have for those specials? This is great. It's multiple cameras. I think they're like 4K or like red cameras. It's really good. They build new sets for basically every new comedian. Yeah, wait, so this is just in the comedy club? It's at a different... It's at it just like, like an empty venue. It looked like a theater. Yeah. It's like a tiny little... Maybe like a convention center, and there's like 100 seats maybe. Maybe okay. a little bit more, 150 seats. And then they just build a new stage every week. And then they have two... You film your special with one other comedian. It's like a two headliner show basically there's an MC that warms everybody up and then you do 40 minutes and then they give you a standing ovation and you walk off and then the next comment goes up and does 40 minutes and they give him a standing ovation and then they and then they flip it either way if you want to or they can leave it the same but you do a second show filming and they take the, the best off day. so they can yeah and they there. just pick and choose which one but the other guy that filmed his special has the same background as me. Uh, I don't know what they're doing. They haven't released those ones yet. But um, so that's what's like. What's crazy is that mine took like six months to come out. Wow. And but the guy who filmed his also the same time as me. I don't think his special has come out, which is weird. Oh, it's not coming out at all. I don't know. I don't know. It hasn't come out yet. Interesting. But I don't know. So not sure if it made the cut. Maybe. So I don't know. I have no idea if they just go, eh, it's just not good enough or whatever. I don't get that. So, like, do, do you have to pay for You don't pay, right? Because you're just performing. Like, how do they... They pay you. I don't get... How do they get a return on their investment for that kind of thing? They have a website called VidAngel. It's like a Mormon Netflix is what I call it. And so you can... Edit out, angel. It's like a edit out offensive parts of TV shows. Like, I always joke around, like, say you're a Mormon boy and you want to watch Game of Thrones, but you don't want nudity. You can just select no nudity on my television show and then watch the other 13 minutes of Game of Thrones. Um, wow. So, the remaining 13 minutes right. of the hour yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. It's because it's just all nudity and blood <laughs> and guts and 
So it would be like dialogue, and then they'd be like five minutes. Chick that has all the dragons, and then she'd be naked, and they'd be like, "Well, we gotta skip all this part," because that's, uh, that's her only role in this. Sh- I mean, she's beautiful and wonder. I'm not complaining about seeing her naked. Um. So yeah, so they have a service that they want people to subscribe to, and your comedy special costs one dollar to rent or something like that. So, I think they said like. 300 people bought my special for a dollar or something like that. And then they leave a tip at the end, which goes to them. Okay. And uh, so they just pay me a flat fee. And then they go, uh, now you can watch the full special for a dollar. And someone's like, oh, it's only a dollar. I can afford that. And they watch it. And they're like, that was great. And at the end, there's like a tip screen. Yeah, where there you go, must like, hey, be. they have my family. They're demanding a ransom. Please tip yeah. ten dollars or whatever. They they must make like uh, that must cost more than three hundred dollars. Well, yeah, they pay me more than three hundred dollars. But I like think everything. in the long term, they what it does also is that it it makes more comedians a draw. Now comedians will sell more tickets in Utah. Um, people will come out to Wise Guys Comedy Clubs more. It's really a, even if it's a loss, it's a lost leader. Like, it's only helping his businesses. Interesting. So, even though it's a loss, it's like Maybe, getting I, more fans. I think fans. they're making plenty. Of, I think that they, no one does things just because, well, it's. It's cool. Yeah. People make money off of it. Yeah, there's other ways that. Yeah. And they have ads on the Facebook videos. And once you have people's attention, I mean, maybe my special. I guarantee it's not the most popular one because there's other videos that have 30 million views or whatever. Maybe more than 300 people rent that guy's special. And so they make up the difference. If they yeah. paid us the same, but his special is getting 1,000 views and mine's getting 300, well, now we're at 600 each or whatever. Yeah. Of whatever. And now they're making plenty of money. It's, I, I don't think they keep doing it if they're losing money. Yeah, no, it makes sense. That's cool. I wanted to also talk to you about, um, well, I think it's really cool, and you're succeeding a lot on that. Um, wait, I want to talk about touring, but I, there's so much to this whole conversation. I mean, what what are you focusing on right now for your just, like, social media strategy and, like, stuff like that, figuring out how to leverage it? Like, where are your thoughts right now for that? Um, let's see. Well, in general, I think Facebook's powerful and it's interesting and you can reach people. I, I mean, I'm not that worried about um, – people aren't going to leave Facebook. I don't. I mean, some people are. Great. Yeah. I, I mean, I've fantasized about it, but it's not going to be possible for my job. And also, it's fun because – if you can use it in the right way, it's great. You just hide people you don't want to see. Yeah. Or, like, don't friend people. Or, like, you know, people post boring stuff. You don't – you hide their posts. Exactly. You don't have to, like – you don't have to check it every day. You don't have to watch videos. You, you can just post pictures of your kids and talk to your family that lives on the other side of the country or whatever. Or, yeah. Or you can be, like, let's talk about neighbor – I always joke around where I, I call Facebook the new church. I'm like, you're just checking in twice a week to show off your outfit and remind everyone that you're better than them. That's what Facebook yeah. is for. 
Back in the day, they didn't have they didn't have Facebook. They had to go to a physical building once a week to talk shit about everyone else in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Betsy, it's so good to see you. Yeah, what a bitch. <laughs> I'm wearing my Sunday best. It's just a community of people. People want to blame Facebook for whatever. Facebook is just people. It's just a collection of people. It's just the site. It's a it's an AOL chat room with more people. Yeah. Don't get mad at AOL. That's those creepy people. Yeah. Oh, Facebook should do a better job of. What, yeah, they should. It's hard. They got a fucking billion people on it. And they have to moderate all of them. Right. They're relying on some complaints that's you know out of context. One of my videos got flagged for a minute. Like they wouldn't let me advertise with it. Really. And they're like, "This is offensive content." And I was like, "This is a clean comedy special. It's not a. It can't be offensive. Like that's you're silly." And um, but then the next time I did an ad with the video, it was completely fine. I'm like, "Oh, someone weird just reported it," and Facebook was like, "Ah, just take it down, and we'll figure it out later." Okay. You know, whatever. Some like internal thing. Yeah. So they have just some automatic. Pro- I don't know. I think I think it's great if you can use it in the right way. It's it's wonderful. I did a thing. Um, you know, you sort of reach out to influencers, as they call them. Yeah. Do you actually message them? I have not done something. What I did for like Portland, I uh, was on Twitter and all these. I, it's every social media platform is so unique and it's a lot of fun. Like. Uh, Twitter has just like has all these like there's like black Twitter there's like female Twitter there's like comedians on Twitter there's like all these sections of it that just you know really? it's hard to describe but like it's just because you sort of like you're only following people with similar interests to you right? yeah so like it almost sounds like you're talking about Reddit Right, it is, but but it is similar to that. Like, where there's just these groups that... So anyway, so there's, like, girls that are really funny on Twitter that write jokes and stuff. They, they don't perform. They're like, I'm a makeup artist or whatever. Yeah. And I don't mean to say that in, like, a snooty voice, like I'm condescending to makeup artists. But anyway, I'm just using that as an example because I... Started following this one girl, you know, something got retweeted into my timeline. And I'm like, oh, this girl's very funny. Yeah. And then I go to her page and I'm like, she's really cute and she's got good jokes. I'm like, well, I'll follow her. I don't, you know, who yeah. knows? And she, it doesn't even matter. And then she retweets other girls that she follows that have good jokes. And I'm like, oh. And it's also funny to me because it's like almost a, it's like their perspective because they're talking about dating, but from the female perspective and they're really funny. And I'm like, oh, this is how they think about us. This is fascinating. This That's is cool. really cool. And so I started following this girl, long story short, that has, you know, she's like, she's got like 30,000 YouTube subscribers and she's got like, you know, 50,000 Instagram followers. And yeah. You know, she's a hot girl. Yeah, of course. And so she lives in Portland. And so I saw, like, me and my buddy were setting up a show in Portland and I go like, hey, this is really weird. I just sent her like a DM, like, I started following you a couple weeks ago. I just noticed you live you live in Oregon. I'm doing a show in Portland. Do you want free tickets? And she's like, Yeah, that'd be fun. Oh wow! So then she came to the show and we like hung out and, and like just 
became friends and like that's it. Now, this is sort of like that's the right way to do that. Like, my hope was that oh, as soon as she sees my show, she'll like tweet about it and she'll like talk about it and she'll or like we'll become really good friends and she'll help promote me to her thing even yeah. though she's like a makeup artist and people that watch makeup tutorials on YouTube probably aren't going to be super into like they'll be like why are you posting a comedy clip or whatever I don't yeah. know. but but if I do that enough times one of them might yeah exactly I mean it doesn't and, and it doesn't matter like even even if we just become friends that's still pretty cool as I think my whole like it sounds really silly, but like sometimes you get caught up in like this broy like, oh man, uh, that chick like we just hung out and then we made out and that was it, and then you, but then like recently I've been like that's still cool, that's fine. Like I don't have to fuck every person and like it doesn't have to be like I can have friends like yeah. that can be like genuine just friends. Like I just you're. I mean, you're hot, but whatever. We can just be friends, and that's fine. And so, like, this girl is, like, super cool. I mean, we hung out, and, like, I'm not going to date a girl that lives in Portland, and she's not going to date a comedian that's never in Portland or, like, whatever. But we're friends, and, and like, who knows? Yeah. Maybe 10 years down the line if we – but I don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Maybe she retweets me one day, and that tweet gets – and then you get – 10 new fans from that you know like it's it's the little things over time you know no one gets 3,000 followers in a day or like no one gets a million views overnight or whatever right it's all like even if those videos go viral that's 10 years of open mics gigs at county fairs bars comedy clubs that's 10 years in the making of an overnight success well, a lot of times it's random sometimes you'll see people that but haven't I mean, even you been have doing to it have that the long skill what i mean is that you have to get the you have to have the skill to even be funny enough for that yeah to happen sure lightning has to strike and it's random and who knows if you can really predict it right but you still have to be funny yeah no one's going viral with like awful material that's true so you still got to put in the work. That's why I like joke players joking around, you know, I'm like, it's so easy right now for you as a comedian. Oh, your only job is to get really funny right now. Yeah. And then once you get that, that's when the work starts. Now you got to don't, you know, I mean, obviously try to promote stuff and learn, make tons of mistakes, but also like, what do you have to promote really? Like not much. Like oh, I'm doing a weekend 10 minute set at laughs yeah, or whatever. Like I, you're not going to set Facebook ads for that. Like they would, you know, they're going to pay you two drinks if that, you know, so just get funny. That's all that matters for the first 10 years, unless you stumble into something and, and then absolutely like write, t- do everything, write scripts, start a podcast, do a thing, do whatever. Even if nobody watches your, you know, I made these YouTube videos that were like, 
like a web series kind of a thing. And yeah. they'd get like a hundred views if I like really tried to promote it. <laughs> yeah. And then I'd be like, This this is frustrating. But I learned so many things from doing those that yeah. is like cool. This is fun and I I did a thing. I started a thing from start from concept to completion. I've proven that I can make ten episodes of this show. And that's all and that each of them got better. And that's fine. And those are the skills that that's fine. Everything is just adding up to be one day a thing. When I posted my Idaho video and I made a Facebook ad because I was doing shows in Idaho and I thought, well, you know, if I can get this ad for this Idaho video to people in Idaho, then that will be killer. They'll come to the show. And one guy happened to see it and he's like, Runs a magazine in northern northern Idaho. Wow! And um, and he's like, "Hey, man, can I like do an interview and help promote your show?" I'm like, "Absolutely, that's awesome. Let's do that." And then he helped me sell out my show. Wow! I'm like, perfect. And then at that show, this girl came up and we like, she's like messaging me and she's like, "Oh, I'm fucking hilarious, blah blah." And then we start talking and I'm like, "Oh wait, you're uh, you're an author?" And she's like, "Yeah, I've been published a couple times." I go, hey, I have a book that I've been working on forever that I need, like, a publishing company because I have no idea what I'm doing. Uh, can I tell you a little bit about it? Maybe you can introduce me. And she's like, yeah. So I talked to her. And she's like, this is great. She sends an email to her publishing company that she knows, and they're like, this is a great idea. Let's talk about it. And now, through all that, you know, I'm, like, maybe going to get this thing published. Oh, that's amazing. Which is great. Wow. But all that comes from just a lucky Facebook ad, you know. Not every Facebook ad is going to lead to that, but that's fine. Yeah, just exposing yourself. Because if yourself. one of them does, then all of them are worth it. Yeah, just exposing yourself to as much opportunity as possible, reaching fine. out to everyone. If you spend if you spend $100 on a Facebook ad and you only make $70 in ticket sales off of it, that's still $70 you only lost $30, which is great in comedy. Yeah. Like, that's really good. Like, the amount of money you can lose printing up flyers and, like, people don't think about that. But Facebook ad is just click, set it, done. I don't even I have to do anything. I, can just, I don't have to poster. I don't have to get a fucking stapler and go to everything. And then I feel bad because I'm covering up someone else's show poster. Yeah, exactly. And they posted they put 18 up. things on the thing, and then I'm like taking down someone's lost dog poster because I'm like, your dog's not important. Yeah, You're come, to bad owner. <laughs> come to my comedy show. Yeah, exactly. I'll find your dog later or whatever. And the time you then you gotta go to Kinkos because who the fuck owns a printer? And then you gotta, know. you know what I mean? This like, is a pain. It's a lot of work. A Facebook ad, great. And, and you can see in real time, like, if it's working. That's true. The interest. I don't know. So you this, see the it, metrics right there. You know, there. if you post a commercial, if you get a, how much is a 30-second commercial for, what? like. On TV? Yeah. What? A couple know. thousand? Probably, like, 10,000. I don't know. Or something. Okay. Probably more. And how many people Depends. are going to see that? Who knows? Exactly. Are you going to be able to, like, you know. Because that's what's great about Facebook is like... Well, they must can, have, they have metrics like yeah. that, right? But someone can see a Facebook video and then go, oh, that was great. And then they can like share it. And then six days later, whenever I get around to doing my work, 
I can go and find, okay, who shared my video, and then leave a comment, and then six days later, they can be like, oh, I forgot about this guy. Oh, that's cool. Hey, you have a fan page? Yeah, I should look you up. Why didn't I look you up to begin with? That's stupid. You know? Yeah. But when someone sees a TV ad, you know, 1-800-mattress-whatever, and you're yeah. like, and you're like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll keep that in mind. I'm not mattress shopping right now. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And then when it comes time for them to buy a mattress six years later, are they going to remember the jingle, maybe? Or are they going to be like, see a guy spinning a sign? What is, you know, who yeah. knows? I think Facebook's way more effective because you can actually reach, you can directly go. Imagine if you're, if someone's watching a TV ad. Say, say you get, you pay 15 grand, put this 90 second joke on, on MTV or whatever during this show. Yeah. So let's just hypothetically say that's $15,000. Sure. And then people are going to be like, oh, cool, that was hilarious. And then they're going to be like, okay, back to, or they're going to be, let's, they're paying, this is the best case scenario. They're paying attention and they're watching and they're going, fuck, hilarious. I love comedy. This guy's great. Shit, what was his name again? Hey, what? Uh, what do we what do we type in service dog? Uh, is that the guy? How do we? I don't know. Yeah. But imagine Facebook is like that, but then someone taps the TV screen. It's like, hey, uh, you can you can just click this thing, and now you get to follow my page. Yeah, you can interact. With and now that. you can like, so it's like tapping the TV screen. Like, hey, did you like that? And they're like, yeah. And like, oh well. Here, come check out this video of mine also. And like, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. That doesn't happen with a that doesn't happen with you a can't TV do that on TV. I don't know. So that's what I the engagement is so worth much more value to me. Yeah. It's so I don't so know. much more personal. I think so. Um so I want to ask you real quick cuz I know we're I think you, we're running yeah, out of time. We can I mean, yeah, we're fine. But um I got another 15 minutes. I like to blabber a lot. So Sweet. We can um, do lightning round. You can hold me right. to it. Uh, sure. Um, <laughs> well, just well, whatever you want to say about this. Um, how did you get into – You've okay. You've toured Europe and, like, North America. Mm-hmm. How did you start that? I mean, you've so, been so many So this places. is really simple. I got laid off from a job uh, where I was at, like, a marketing agency, and I – I was like sitting at my window one day and it was like a sunny day like this and I was just sitting there at my stupid computer and I'm like, I'm like this is one of like the three nice days we have in this fucking town. When was this? This was 2009. Okay. It was August 2009 and I was like, I don't want to sit here my whole life at this computer. And then like, t- like two weeks later they like laid me off and I was like, Someone's listening. I can totally sit here, you know, like God or whoever. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I need this job. And uh, I gave a speech at my brother's wedding a little bit before that. And everyone was like, you should do comedy. And I was like, ah, whatever. Because in my speech, I had like a rule of three and I had a callback and I had like all these things. I didn't know that's what they were. I just kind of had an instinct like, oh, it's just comedy. Like, you just do three and then you. Oh, man. And I think I had a journalism class that kind of had that 
sort of principle in there deep buried yeah. in me. So I just was like, fuck it. I was, I'll just try comedy for a little while. This is when you started. This is when I started. Because I was trying to get another job. This is a crazy story. Everything leads to like a 10-minute story. So I had an interview at a better company. And at the end of the interview, it's supposed to be like a 10-minute interview. Talked to this guy for like a half hour. Crushing it. And uh, at the end of the interview, he goes, well, I don't want to get too far ahead, but how much money are you hoping to make? And my dad taught me a trick that was like, lie, you know, a little white lie, where I was making 30 grand a year at my last job salary with full benefits. So my dad was like, tell them that you were making 35. And then when they're like, I mean, we can give you 30. Now... (laughs) You negotiate yourself to have the same pay as you used to have. Yeah. So So whenever I'm pitching someone on a, a thing, I go, well, usually, for example, this guy wants me to do a show for high schoolers. And I go, and I'm not lying about any of this stuff, but, I, but I'm going, part of the sales tactics is to go, well, he's like, how much would it get? And I'm like, well, if I'm already in town doing a show, most college gigs pay about $1,200 plus you know, for travel and stuff like that and hotel. But if you get me on this specific date, I'll already be in Utah and I'll do it for 600. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, well that's, yeah, that's way better. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to have to work on this. That's a little short notice, but we'll, we'll do it. And you said all the terms you yeah. anchored it high. And then so you're I like, go like, yeah. this is what it normally would be. If you want to do it, you, you just know, want 600 the whole time. Just, yeah. But that's really, yeah. So, I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. good. So really with this job, they, they asked me money, and they're like, we think you're the best guy for this. We just want to have you come in. And I was like, cool. Do I need to bring a resume or anything? And they're like, we got everything we need. I'm like, okay. And I'm an idiot. So I'm like, oh, they said they got everything. Why would I bring stuff also? And then I show up. I was sitting in the lobby for like an hour past like my interview time. And then finally someone comes out, and they're like, hey, the guy who was supposed to interview you, had an emergency, so he had to leave. So I'm gonna do this interview, and I'm like, oh, okay. And so now it's nervous because she's like, "So did you bring your resume?" And I'm like, oh, "He said he would. I should have brought it. I should have been prepared. I'm an idiot." She's like, "Oh, that's totally cool." But then she's nervous because uh-huh. she's like, "I wasn't even supposed to do this interview. I don't even know what questions to ask this guy." Yeah. And I'm nervous because she's nervous. I'm reading. I'm like the crowd member. You know, I'm like, "Oh, this guy is not that." experienced in comedy now i'm nervous yeah and then she's more nervous because i'm nervous and it's just a it's like this big cycle shit. feedback cycle so it goes okay but then the end of the interview she goes hey uh is your brother keith by any chance i'm like oh you know keith she's like yeah how's he doing i'm like oh he's great he, he just got married and uh uh yeah super good she's like cool yeah tell him hi i haven't talked to him in a while i go cool cool so I call my brother when I get out of the interview. I'm like, hey, this girl Megan or whatever said hi. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> he goes, yeah, you're not getting that job. <laughs> it's like a girl he had a one-night stand with like six years ago, never called back. And then she's like, how's he doing? I'm like, oh, he's getting married. He's great. No. And she's like, oh, fuck this guy. I don't know if that's why I didn't get the job, but I'm sure it didn't help my wow. chances. So then I was like, that story to me, I kept telling people that story, being like, this is really insane. This is real life that this happened. And people were like, 
And I kept like telling people stories and being like, I should like, like people said I was funny. I like, I have nothing else to do right now. And all these weird stories I have are funny to me. And uh, at the time, I was just like sitting on my couch miserable because I was like unemployed, like piece of shit, like. And uh, and my my dad was even like, just get out of the house, go do anything, just try anything. That's better than sitting around waiting for something to happen. And he's like, you should try comedy. Everyone said you're funny and you're always telling these stories. And I'm like, that's a cool idea. So went into comedy and uh, and uh, loved it immediately. And then I didn't even know that it was a job, I guess. like No one tells you, like, your guidance counselor is not like, this is the thing you can make money at, you know? Yeah, but I was like, I don't know, just fucking, I'll just figure it out. And then I got paid one time before I ever should have. I made like three hundred dollars. Oh wow! Of, in a, in a week of shows, and my unemployment insurance was like three hundred dollars a week, and so I was like looking at that, going like, if I just make three hundred dollars a week doing comedy, I won't have to get a job. That's all I care about, and um. So I used my unemployment for two years because it kept getting extended, you know? And, yeah. And so I was like, well, I'll just take their 300 bucks a week and slowly... I was like, I'm already poor. This is fine. And I can just figure out how to do this with comedy. And that's all this is, like getting better at comedy and then be willing to just do anything where like people are like, do you want to go on this road trip to fucking Wyoming and South Dakota and Colorado? I'm like, sure. Sounds good. How far in was that when you started doing stuff like that? Like a year or two in. You started just doing tours. Because the, all, the other thing that happened is I started my own show, weekly show, at a Hooters casino. And I was like maybe a year into comedy. Where is that? In Vegas? No, it was in West Seattle in South Park. Oh, okay. At the time. It closed down. And... uh and so I had a weekly comedy show where I paid out $400 to comedians. And so when you can give other comedians money, then they start passing your number around and then people become more aware of you. And then they're like, oh, this guy's pretty funny. And they see you on your show. If you're hosting the show every week, you're doing comedy. You're not even showcasing for the audience. You're showcasing for... The other comics. The other comics, even. And then they go like, hey, if you... And some people, own, they run rooms, right? So they go, hey, you should come do a set at my show. And then they want to trade gigs with you. To, if you book me, I'll book you. And a lot of that happens, you know? And so then you're like, cool. So, but a year or two in, I started just traveling and doing shows wherever because... At clubs or bars or just at triple runs. I don't know if you heard these. This term is the old joke is you have to get an oil change in between every gig, so you drive six hours to the first gig and then you drive eight hours to the next gig and then you drive six hours. Wow. And then you drive fifteen hours home after four shows or whatever. And you're like, All right. wow. And you make no money, but you know you make a hundred bucks a night opening, doing thirty minutes. Most of the shows are bad, like they're poorly promoted. No one cares. The audience is mad that there's a show going on. So you just do those because they're bad. Because, like, if you can survive in these hell gigs, imagine how funny you are when people are actually wanting to pay attention. You yeah, know? exactly. So that was some, 
Alonzo Bowden sort of told me that too, is work the hell gigs and then the A rooms are really easy. So I was willing to just do everything. I was like, I'll go wherever. So I met um, Steve Hofstetter, who ran a comedy club in Indiana. I opened for him in in Tacoma at a show. And and everyone was like huddled around him and being like, so how do we like work at your comedy club? So he's a comic also. Yeah, yeah. And he owns a club. Yeah, so he owned a club at the time. And so I I was like kind of just playing. I might go quiet, like just observing everything. And he's like, oh, we have a thing on our website where you can just submit to work. And so I was like, okay. So then the next day, I just went on the website, and it says, like, hire, like if you're a comedian that wants work, click this button. And there's, like, a form you fill out. And I, like, lied a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, I feature at this club and this club. And uh, I hadn't featured at one of the clubs yet. They were like, We'll, f- we'll feature you next time. Yeah. So I was like, eventually featuring there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was like, I'm basically a feature at this club. Yeah. And so, so he just called me up and he goes, you could have just called me and like asked for a week. And I'm like, well, I didn't, I just want to go through the proper channels and whatever. And he goes, yeah, I'll hire you. Just don't do this one joke. Uh, it's perfectly, y- you are free to do whatever you want. But I just think it's a terrible joke, and you can do better. And really, and uh, and if you and you if you want to keep doing that joke, if that means that much to you, absolutely. I just can't hire you. If you're willing to let that joke go, I'll hire you. I was like, fuck that joke, terrible joke. I hate it. <laughs> it's a stupid joke. Yeah. Never liked the joke. It was like a dumb like Asians have small penises or whatever. Like some stupid, hacky, easy. Who cares? I'll write a million of those jokes, and who cares? It's stupid. That's why I was like, sure, I hate that joke. Who cares? It's in a 30-minute set, and I don't need one joke. It's yeah. not my big grand finale. It's like yeah, a stupid yeah. time filler. So he booked me six months out. Okay. And it was like, there's, it's three hundred. It's like 300 or it's like $400 or something like that. And I was like in Indianapolis. And I'm like, well, plane ticket there is like 600 bucks back. You know? So I can lose money. I'm sure I could like ask my parents to buy the plane ticket or something, but I was like prideful. I was like, I'm not gonna do that. So I could like lose money, or I could figure out. This is six months in advance, so I can just book a whole run of shows and just drive around the country for a month. So that's what I did. As I booked like four weeks of shows at clubs and one nighters and stuff along the way. Wow. I was on various email lists, you know. Uh, the charter talents and stuff you can google all those people very shady businesses but they but they hire the people that need gigs and will take anything and at that time that was what i was that was my category so i was like hell yeah i'll go to wisconsin for 150 dollars no hotel you know yeah (laughs) because the the week after that i have to be in indianapolis anyway so that'll get me there and that's two days that I'm working, and then I'll just find a friend's couch or sleep in my back seat or whatever. So those are the stupid things that I was just like, I'm willing to do this yeah. to figure it out. I'm willing. There's a Jimmy John's thing that said, like, America is where you can spend a few years of your life doing the things that nobody else will so that you can live the life that nobody else can. or something. Yeah. Some, some kind of inspirational oh, cool. thing like that. And that's like... You know, I put 50,000 miles on my car every year for 
for five years, you know. Wow. Drove that. I had a Corolla that, like, I put 250,000 miles on in a, you know. That's right. That's like 10. But they just keep running forever, you know. Uh, my car is like 215,000 yeah. miles. Yeah. So I just bought a Prius and this, right? And so that's the thing is, like, I just started. You either get networking or you get on these email lists or, you know, you find people that whoever's willing to hire you. So how'd that show go? It was good. Yeah, that's fine. And then you started touring with him? So that was one, sh- you know, that was one show. And then every time Steve would kind of come to the Northwest, he would hit me up and he'd be like, hey, I need an opener for this run of shows. And uh, I'd be like, all right, cool. Because he knew, like, He's easy to work with. He's funny enough. He'll drive. Yeah. He's got a good car, gets good gas mileage, and he's experienced enough. Like, he's a solid comedian. Wow. So when you're touring with a friend, you, it's like going to war together. You know, you're like, we were in the trenches, man. You don't even know what yeah. it was like in Nam. And so you just have this bond that, like, we're forever friends connected because of all the stuff we've done. We've done shitty shows together. We've done our my worst show ever was with him. I think it's both of our worst shows ever. Yeah, we were doing this college gig, and they hired us, and it was like Mardi Gras night, and then they were they had like glow sticks, and they had cups that were like flashing LEDs, and it was insane. And I was like performing on a dance floor that was like balloons. Oh and my was, like, god! Black no one's light. listening and stuff. And like people are just fucking twirling, whatever. And they're like, "What is going on?" I was wow. supposed to do like twenty minutes. I did like seven, and then Steve was like, "Just get off." And then I'll just because sometimes if the opener's bombing, you're like, "Let me at, just let me at this crowd before it's too late," you know? Yeah. And so and then I'm like, "Good night, everybody." Steve Hofstadter. He went up. He was supposed to do an hour. He did like twenty minutes, and then he's like, "You know what?" You might not get the fuck out of here. Like you guys don't care, and uh, wow. And so we both just like left the show. They still paid us, which they think they were like, yeah, we don't know why we hired you guys. Wow. But so you do that, and so then every year he's like, now he's doing this thing where he's touring. He's just setting up his own shows. He's doing these self-produced shows, which he did two years ago, and I he told me his idea, and I was like, that's not gonna work. But in my that was just my head. That's my little hater, the little hater that everyone has on their, on their shoulder. And and then I, but I was like, cool man, good luck with that, fucking idiot. And then he was like, hey, it's working. Do you want to open for me? And I was like, yeah. So he was producing his own shows. Yeah. So he just literally set up a calendar, and he goes, if I sell, um, <laughs> he goes, if I sell. Uh, 50 tickets. I think he's like, he just set up, he, he goes, these are my tour dates for the next year. I'll list the city and the date and I'll figure out the venue later depending on how many tickets we sell. And I was like, no one's gonna buy tickets to a show if they don't know where it's at. Like, that seems silly to me. And he was like, I think it'll be fine, you know. Because, like, what if someone lives in Seattle and they buy tickets, but then you're in Bellevue? And you're like, I don't have a car, and I don't yeah, want to, yeah, you know. Yeah. But I was like, okay, cool. That, that sounds cool. And then I did nine weeks of touring with him, including most of the wow, United States so and he just, Canada and, and Europe. He just booked solely on the premise, yeah. and then so then he just had people went to his website. It. That's genius. Yeah. And then he just, once he realized, like, 
Well, let's see. I've sold 200 tickets in Seattle, so I need a place that sells that seats 200 people. So he would just call up the parlor. So smart, genius. That's actually and so, so smart. then that's ultimate so now, like MVP. Like. Absolutely. And so now he has all the power, and he can go to clubs and say, "Do you want 200 people eating and drinking? Because I have them. They bought tickets. What kind of what kind tickets of tickets are sold? Yeah, it's already sold. They're already gonna show up. You don't have to do anything." And the club's like, hell yeah, you guys, you keep all the ticket money. We'll just get 200 people on a Wednesday. That sounds awesome. And then, and then if one comedy club's like, well, we want 20% of the ticket sales, he'd be like, okay. Hey, uh, Black Box Theater or whatever. What do you, uh, what kind of deal will you give me? And they're like, well, we'll give you 90%. Okay, hey, fuck off. I got 90% over here, yeah. you know? And then they're like, well, okay, we'll give you 90%. I already have ninety percent. Well, well, we'll give you ninety-five, or you know. Yeah. If you have all the power, yeah. you have all the leverage, right? Exactly. So that's where my idea now is. Where I'm currently at is trying to set up my own shows and tour, and I don't have the built-in fan base that Steve does all around the world yet. How did he do that? Years of. So he actually has like fan pages. This is the thing: is like he's got so many clips that have got millions of views. I've got three clips that have a million views. He's got a hundred clips. That Is it through Dry Bar? Or just... No, he's got just through. He was one of the first guys to sort of use YouTube effectively to start posting like, his own yeah, clips. Yeah, and heckler clips and whatever. Wow. And so that's why it's like I post heckler clips. I post material. I post all sorts. Of, just post everything because it doesn't matter. So now you're posting a lot of comedy clips. Yes, yeah, because then you want to keep people engaged, even if someone was a. If, this is what I get all the time now is people are like, when are you coming to Florida? I'm like, I don't know. I have, I currently have no connections in Florida, no comedy clubs that I work every year, so I have no idea. But, you know, how do I keep them engaged if I'm not visiting Florida every year? Yeah. I don't know, post clips. Post, you know, even if they only like one once a month, at least they're going, ah, this guy's great. Let me see if this calendar is coming to Florida yet. Uh, nope. But I also have a mailing list on my website yeah. that people can sign up for that I go, hey, if I ever get a Florida show, I'll just email you when it's announced. Hey, so does Steve ever, like, does he get his, uh, sell his tickets through his own brand yeah, and following? Or does he have, yeah. like, some sort of, like, um, like, clever premise show that sells itself? No. It's just a Steve Hawk. I was joking. I was came up with this analogy recently like he's a mobile comedy club like he just four walls everywhere yeah he just said we've done coffee shops we've done casinos we've done uh bars we've done comedy clubs do you know how many followers he has uh does he have like a ton yeah let's find out so he's got like two hundred fifty thousand youtube subscribers oh so he's like but he's got has engaged fans online yeah let's see that's uh, awesome. he's got 116,000 Facebook likes, I, and then he's got another page with 20,000 Facebook likes. I mean, he's got several Facebook pages. Wow. Okay, so I have one last question because I, I'm trying to go to an improv class. Okay. Right? Or not class. It's like sure. a bunch of people doing improv. Workshop or whatever. But yeah. Um. So. Do everything. I'm the idea. Yeah, I try to do great. everything. It. I learned magic. Uh, really? Because I just 
Well, I've always I think it's fascinating. I think it's, but they're performing. Magicians are yeah. my buddies are magicians. My buddy Louis Fox is a magician in Seattle. And when I started at Giggles back at the old spot, he was performing and killing on a comedy club stage wow. all the time. That's cool. And he had just an act that it was like the same. And I was like, oh, we're not different. People it's shit just, on magicians because it's like, well, I write clever words. And they're like, yeah, they learned a fucking, they learned how to make a card float or whatever. Like, that takes a lot of Yeah, practice. every type of entertainment, I think they all fit But I think it's other. also like, I think new grooves in your brain. Exactly. Because if I think about like, so I was learning these magic tricks for my, my dumb YouTube show called Don't Quit Your Night Job, where I tried other people's jobs. And so I would just try, I would like learn whatever the job was and then attempt it. And so my buddy was a magician. I go, why don't we film a magic episode where I just like learn shit and try to go to a bar and fool drunk people? And so he gave me like some very easy tricks and some like slightly more complicated ones. And it's not even like the trick that's that difficult, but it's like, what are you doing in between to, to distract them from what you're actually doing? Like that's the hard part. Yeah. You know? So, but I thought like, you just think of like how your brain is like. And then you're like, maybe that won't apply to comedy at all. But it'll be fun. It'll be cool. And maybe you'll get something out of it. You know? Yeah. And then for a while, I used to, like, carry a magic trick on me just to just to be, like... I think just have be, a party trick. Well, yeah. I thought it'd be funny at a show if, like, a heckler... If I, if I could, like, defeat a heckler and be like, look, I'll do a magic trick. If I fool you, you have to shut the fuck up. And, uh... Because I thought that would be, like, a funny video. Yeah. And so it happened one time, but I wasn't filming because it was, like, a really bad bar show. And I was like, I'm not going to film this fucking show. And then my whole plan came into fruition. And I'm like, why wasn't I filming this show? Oh, you know? man. So film every show. Do everything. Do improv, even if people think it's stupid. Go learn a magic trick. Go do everything. Act. It doesn't matter. Just do. You get more experience being whatever, on stage, whatever. being an entertainer. It's all person. part of your, because you're gonna need to improv on stage. So I was thinking, like, I want to do like, um, I, I do a lot of impressions. So I I'm trying to incorporate that more. Also, like, I want to like be better at singing and like, just like I look at like, um, uh, what Donald Glover. He's so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he's just the ultimate. And he's entertainer. killing everything. Yeah, and no one's like, well, fucking, but he's doing music videos and rapping and like, no, it's like oh, he's who cares? a master at all. Just of that. great, you know, whatever, because maybe you'll discover in a couple years you'll be like, eh, maybe comedy isn't the perfect vehicle for me. Maybe it's better in in entertainment acting. Yeah, maybe that's. It's like but now dicky. you have a background in in comedy, and that is huge. Yeah, because you've learned, you've put five years into learning. What you know tension cutting you know building tension and releasing it and and reading people's emotions i think yeah. comedians are better more adept at, at like more perceptive because you're what you're watching a group of people and going eh, should i do this how do i do this how is this gonna affect them totally it's like a very empathetic performance yeah like it's a conversation you have to read people as well it's a conversation with their laughter almost yeah and 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 their silence almost where you're like is that a good silence is that a bad silence? yeah I have, to, I have to put myself in their shoes are they feel and sometimes you fuck up where you're like oh you guys hate me and they're like no we think you're great keep going you know that happens plenty yeah 
Or you're like, I'm killing, and then they're like, they don't like you at all, you know? But yeah, so anyway, I keep interrupting. But no, you're good. Um, so I want to say my last question is, um, do when is the right time, in your opinion, or is there a right time to start putting your comedy online and sharing it? It's it's never like stand. It's fine. Put it out now. Uh, because what what's let's walk through it, right? What's what's get what's the worst that happens? So I think a lot of people are concerned that they'll put it out. But they're still working on it, and it could be better. Sure. But now it's already released. Sure. Well, I guess How many people are coming to your shows that have seen your videos? Yeah. Yeah, none. Exactly. <laughs> Who cares? Even if it goes so, viral, so they probably even didn't if, see it. So even if you put out a video with a joke that's like, you know, still a work in progress, but 500 people, 500 of your Facebook friends see it, and then they go, oh, shit. We didn't know you were that funny. We'll come. When's your next show? And you go, oh, coming up uh, two weeks. They're like, perfect. We're gonna buy tickets. Oh, well, is it? Are you only telling one joke? No. If, is that one joke gonna ruin the whole experience for everybody? If you if you tell that joke again, even if they see that joke in person, are they gonna be like? Uh, he did 12 minutes, but that one three-minute thing we've seen online before. Yeah. No. No one's going to care. And if nothing happens, good. In a year, when it's embarrassing, you go back and delete it and upload a new version. Yeah. Who cares? What? what? So I posted true. the fake service dog on my YouTube channel before it came out on Drybar. No one saw it because I only have, you know, 2,000 subscribers or whatever. But I post clips of things that I had a whole premise even like the first joke was like I don't understand gun people it seems like the people with the most amount of guns have the least amount of stuff to protect with it like yeah it's like people are like I gotta protect my property well you live in Spokane just let them have it yeah start a new life or whatever <laughs> so it's like a 30 second joke and I'm like that's really funny and it's making fun of gun people and that could be funny so I put it online and people are like this is great now that's turned into like a four minute thing about like, the robots were taking over, so good luck with your guns anyway, idiot. Yeah. And I'm like, now I'm like, ah, I got to repost this joke again. Did it go I'm viral, like, that not one? Not yet, not yet. The no, one? no, no, it's just my YouTube. Oh, okay. So, but that's just out in the ether. Because now people, for me, sometimes, I, I put a joke about a story I got catfished one time a couple years ago, five years ago or something. Uh, I'm on a bad date. And then, uh, so I put this video up like a year ago and then in six months on YouTube, because it was like a, a, I don't know, catchy title or whatever, it's got 1500 views, which is great for my YouTube channel. That's great. And then people come to shows when people, and it's a joke I don't really do that often, if ever. So if people want to come to my show... And they're like, ah, oh, we looked at your videos online. And I'm always like, ah, oh, which which video did you see? What? Because I get in my head about it. And they're like, oh, the catfish one. I'm like, oh, perfect. Like, who cares? And I drop that joke. and it, But even if they saw... Uh, even if they saw my whole... Even if they see... Even, even if they, you post a 12-minute set and they watch it all. 
and they and they know every word and they're repeating your jokes back to you and they're like we're such huge fans you're like fuck i better write more then yeah what's the downside of writing more exactly if you need a kick in the ass to write more that's awesome who cares it's great if one this is what i was talking to my friend is i was like you i go dude you gotta get a dry bar thing and he's like i might wait a year just so it, i don't want i don't want it to be bad and i'm like okay what if you what if a bad joke you hate goes gets 10 million views so my brad upton seattle comedian yeah 30 million views or 60 million views or something on one video from dry bar right and it's a joke about oh these millennials are yeah, using yeah, yeah. their credit card for every dollar fifteen purchase, and I like I've told jo- I've told Brad for years I'm like that joke is terrible like it's way faster to go like this than to go my dollar nineteen out of my coin purse like, yeah your joke makes no sense and it's terrible okay thirty million views wow holy shit they clearly resonated with some demographic and he's been doing comedy longer than I've been alive. So it's amazing. And even now, he's like, I don't even do that joke. I do it way different now. But that's so silly. Because people in the comments are arguing with him, like, this joke sucks. And he's like, we're just laughing the whole time. Like, a click. Michelle Wolf had that funny thing a bit for her show where she's like, why do New York Times opinion articles keep posting shitty things? It's like, cause a click is a click. It doesn't matter. If you click on it and you're like, "This is so awful," I'm sharing with everyone, and everyone you know is like, "This is awful." We're gonna share this. Don't read it's this. Just like good. It's for fine. Them. It's the same amount. It's the same to them. It's the same amount of eyeballs that click on their fucking thing. Than if everyone was like, "This is a wonderful article." So true. Because the stuff in the middle that you're like, "Oh, cool," doesn't go anywhere. Yeah, I have one dry bar video. That has like 250,000 views. It's the bastard child of all the other ones. Because it's just a decent, it's a fine joke. Just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Who cares? No, it didn't inspire people angrily to share it and be like, this guy's an asshole. And yeah. it didn't inspire people to be like, this guy's a genius. <laughs> but also, that's still 250,000 hits on that thing. That's great. That's still cool. Yeah. Even if 10% of people actually liked it, fine. You gave it a shot. All I want is a, that's all I've always wanted. Just give me an honest shot. Put me in the game, coach. I'm ready. Yeah. Who cares? Post everything on YouTube, and then when it when it looks bad, you know, I have clips on my YouTube that are private from when I first started comedy. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad no one was watching. You know what I mean? But I also it's fun to go back and look at some of those clips and be like, wow. You don't feel like you're progressing, but like watch a clip from six months ago and be like, oh, I'm still a genius. Doesn't happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, that guy is terrible. Exactly. Me now is a genius. That's so true. So post everything and then you'll kind of you'll kind of know you'll have your common sense to be like, eh, it's time to take this down. But it's only going to. It's only gonna. It's only why gonna post on Instagram? Why why start an Instagram if I only have six followers? Because tomorrow you'll have seven, and then the next day you'll have nine, yeah. and then a year from now you'll have five hundred, and then you'll have six thousand. Exactly. And then you'll have so you like start everyone st- starts somewhere. So start a YouTube channel, get a hundred subscribers 
on shitty videos. And then once you start posting good videos, they'll be like hipster, like I knew this guy before with really bad at comedy. Yeah, exactly. And I believed in you the whole time, man. I knew you were gonna make it or whatever. It's great. Who cares? That's good advice. I if think. people, yeah, I think people overthink that that the social media part of it. Yeah, just do it. Just do it. And if and what's I've been watching like a lot of comedians in cars getting coffee and and the last couple episodes, Seinfeld's got this whole thing where he's like, comedy will decide if you're not funny, the ecosystem will take care of you. Yeah, like it's a self-policing thing. You'll people will stop hiring you, so there's no reason for me and you to be like, this guy is not funny. Why is he on this yeah. show? It's, it does. It doesn't affect you. It doesn't affect me. It doesn't affect any of it. It'll take care of itself. It's fine. It'll he'll stay it or it'll the body out. will be like, this is a cancer. Let's get rid of this. Yeah. You know? There's not a lot of people that are like brilliant, like. People just don't understand me. I know. That don't get a chance to like prove themselves. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the Steve Martin quote like, be so good they can't ignore you. They can't you. ignore you. Yeah. Yeah. Be undeniable. Exactly. So, you know, so start with bad videos and then when they get good, people will that's notice. awesome. And then people are watching the whole time and people will give you feedback. Sometimes I post a joke and somebody's like, hey, man, I don't, I didn't really like this joke. It seems like you're being mean to this person. I was posing this joke about uh, this random guy took me to a strip club because he was just lonely or whatever. And I was like, okay. He's like, I'll buy you a lap dance. He's like, awesome. And then fucking, I kind of like teased this guy in the joke. Yeah. And so someone commented and was like, hey, man, it seems like you're being kind of a dick to that guy. And he's like, I'm still a fan of you, and you're this, but this is just the first video I didn't like. And I go, ah. Oh, Take that into consideration, you know? Think about yeah. that. And then you have a conversation, and you go, oh, what do I... Maybe, maybe... I don't think I'm being mean, but maybe he's got a point. Maybe I can re-examine this joke and maybe soften it up a little. Maybe not make fun of him as much. Yeah. Or be a little more playful. And just take or maybe I'm failing it, going like, wink, wink. That's the arrogant stuff that, you know, that... Maybe some people miss that, like, hey, I'm just fucking around. Yeah. You know, whatever. And then and then it's only going to make you better. Yeah, you just take the feedback and yeah. run with it. And then you decide whether it's good feedback or bad feedback. Sometimes I get feedback and I get defensive and I go, fuck you, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And then, like, a month later, I'm like, yeah, yeah, point. Yeah, you know, exactly. I calm down eventually. Or I get or I get stubborn. I go, you all show you. And then six months later, I'm like, Okay, well, I proved to myself that this isn't, this doesn't work. So, whatever. yeah, you know, let's just do do everything and do everything. Don't don't get, especially at a young, like, yeah, you know, don't get too caught up in anything. So, just, are any anything you want to plug before we? Just andrewjrivers.com. If anyone's still listening to this, uh, <laughs> rambling, check out tour dates. Sign up for the email list. Find me on Facebook. Send me an Instagram message. I'll by the way, if anyone follows me on anything, I just send them my entire special for free. Oh, it costs nice. one dollar, but I don't care. So just take it, sweet, and be a fan and um, follow Andrew Rivers, it. guys. Yeah. Andrew J Rivers on everything. That's Instagram and Adult Friend Finder and all those cool. Profiles. Yeah, 
Sweet. Thanks, man. Hey, thank you. Hey, guys. Thanks so much for tuning into Working Comic Podcast. There's a new episode every week where I interview writers, directors, comedians, producers, any kind of creative thing you can think of, and also the business side of things. So club owners, agents, managers, festival runners, all that stuff. So tune in every week. And uh, also follow me on social media at the Austin Nasso on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also catch me on YouTube with Chabros, C-H-A-A, Bros, one word. Uh, we have some funny videos up, so check it out. Thanks, guys.